Chapter 11 Discord and Den One by one the hours passed, and at exactly 5.22, by Tox's very accurate clock, Milo carefully opened one eye and, in a moment, the other. Everything was still purple, dark blue, and black. Yet scarcely a minute remained to the long, quiet night. He stretched lazily, rubbed his eyelids, scratched his head, and shivered once as a greeting to the early morning mist. I must wake Chroma for the sunrise, he said softly. Then he suddenly wondered what it would be like to lead the orchestra and the color of the whole world himself. The idea whirled through his thoughts until he quickly decided that since it couldn't be very difficult and since they probably all knew what to do by themselves anyway, and since it did seem a shame to wake anyone so early, and since it might be his only chance to try, and since the musicians were already poised and ready, he would, but just for a little while. And so, as everyone slept peacefully on, Milo stood on tiptoes, raised his arms slowly in front of him, and made the slightest movement possible with his index finger of his right hand. It was now 5.23 a.m. As if understanding his signal perfectly, a single piccolo played a single note, and off in the east a solitary shaft of cool lemon light flicked across the sky. Milo smiled happily, and then cautiously crooked his finger again. This time, two more piccolos and a flute joined in, and three more rays of light danced lightly into view. Then, with both hands, he made a great circular sweep in the air and watched the delight, watched with delight, as all the musicians began to play at once. The cellos made the hills glow red, and the leaves and grass were tipped with a soft pale green as the violins began their song. Only the bass fiddles rested as the entire orchestra washed the forest in color. Milo was overjoyed because they were all playing for him, and just the way they should. Won't Chroma be surprised, he thought, signaling the musicians to stop. I'll wake him now. Do you know where you are? You're in an endless epic. And here, man, there be dragons. Welcome back, listeners. I was about to say viewers. Yeah, viewers. Yes. Well, I mean, audio viewers. Viewers of, <laughs> of uh, with your ears. Those of you who are shutting up, sitting down, and watching with your ears. Uh, well, welcome back, adventurers. Whoa, okay, Sorry. so you may have just uh, heard what sounded like a... Uh, absolutely unjustifiably loud bowel movement, but uh, no. Uh, Smitty and I are uh, in the car. You're driving. I'm we're, driving. We are, we are in the process of driving safely. We're driving and podcasting safely. Yes. And we are, we have, for the first time ever, guests on the podcast. What? Yeah. Who are they? We have, we have Atlas, who has uh, joined us multiple times for streams on uh, the Punktown Stream Division. Yes. Hello there. And uh, we are also guested by uh, Tiny, who is a, another uh, gamer. Hello. Another person. <laughs> yes. Uh, gamer and artist, mind you. 
uh, very, very skilled in both, as oh, far yes. as I, I am absolutely made aware. And uh, they're going to be joining us for the uh, the the probably overly in-depth and complicated discussions oh, of definitely. the Phantom Toll. Definitely. So, uh, before we get moving on here, I do want to point out this this little bit here in the beginning. Uh, one, Discord and Dean is uh, a wonderful play on words that we'll get to see more about a little bit later. Right. But we already see the start of what will be potentially a major discord. <laughs> um, and that is Milo doing something that he has absolutely no experience in doing. And they're an incredibly long... So this is probably one of my, my favorite uh, sentences in the book that comes directly from Milo. Right. And it's... The idea whirled through his thoughts until he quickly decided that since it couldn't be very difficult, and since he probably, <laughs> they probably all knew what to do by themselves anyway, and since it didn't seem a shame to wake anyone so early, and since this might be his only chance to try, and since the musicians were already <laughs> poised and ready, he would, but just for a little bit. <laughs> it's such a, uh, it's such a child thought to have to just be like to. Uh, make all those like not they're not excuses justification justifications <laughs> and like it'll it'll be fine it's fine like here's all the reasons why it'll be fine and and no one will ever be able to dispute it uh so rolling forward rolling forwards but instead of stopping they continued to play even louder than before until each color became more brilliant than he thought possible milo shielded his eyes with one hand and waved the other desperately. But the colors continued to grow brighter and brighter and brighter until even more curious things began to happen. As Milo frantically conducted, the sky changed slowly from blue to tan and then a rich magenta red. Flurries of light green snow began to fall and the leaves on the trees and bushes turned a vivid orange. All the flowers suddenly appeared black and gray rocks became a lovely, soft sh <laughs> chartreuse. Chartreuse. Great color. And even peacefully sleeping talk changed from brown to a magnificent ultramarine. Nothing was the color it should have been, and yet the more he tried to straighten things out, the worse they became. I wish I hadn't started, he thought unhappily, as he the pale blue bat blackbird flew by. There doesn't seem to be any way to stop them. He tried very hard to do everything just the way Chroma had done, but nothing worked. The musicians played on faster and faster. The purple sun raced quickly across the sky, and in less than one minute, it had set once more in the west, and then, without any pause, risen again in the east, the sky was now quite yellow, and the grass was a charming shade of lavender. Seven times the sun rose and almost as quickly disappeared as the colors kept changing. In just a few minutes, a whole week had gone by. At last, the exhausted Milo, afraid to call for help, and on the verge of tears, dropped his hands to his side. The orchestra stopped, the colors disappeared, and once again, it was night. The time was 5.27 a.m. Wake up, everybody! Time for the sunrise! 
he shouted with relief and quickly jumped from the music stand. Ah, what a marvelous rest, said Cromer, striding to the podium. I feel as though I've slept for a week. My, my, I see we're a little late this morning. I'll have to cut my lunch hour short by four minutes. He tapped for attention, and this time the dawn proceeded perfectly. Ever happened. <laughs> you did a fine job, my. Uh, he said, putting Milo on. Putting Milo on the head. Oh, on, on the stereo head. Now. Putting Milo on the head. And I was like, what the fuck? For the head of what? Yeah, you're putting him yeah, on watch the Watch your goddamn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Someday I'll let you con conduct the orchestra yourself. Uh, Talk wagged his tail proudly, but Milo didn't say a word. And to this day, no one knows of the lost week, but a few people who happened to be awake at 5.23 on that very strange morning. <laughs> We'd better get along, said Tuck, whose alarm had begun to ring again. For there's still a long way to go. Cromer nodded a fond goodbye as they all started back through the forest and in honor of the visit, he made all the wild flowers bloom in a breathtaking display. I'm sorry that you can't stay longer, said Alex sadly. That didn't sound sad, but he was sad. There's so much more to see. There's so much more to see in the forest of sight, but I suppose there's a lot to see everywhere. If only you keep your eyes open. So let's let's take a minute to discuss what uh, what happened with Milo here because I actually don't know how long this chapter is. Uh, let's see, we got. Oh, it's oh, a it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty. It's a hefty chapter. It is a hefty chapter. Thick boy, thick boy chapter. Yeah, two Q's. No, one Q. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, yeah we got we got we got quite a few pages to go. We got ten pages. Thick Q and a little Q. Yeah. Yeah, we got ten pages left in the chapter. So, this is this is one of those uh, weird instances in in a novel where he like he knows he did something wrong, right? But he doesn't own up to it. And this is the and we're gonna we, this chapter is designed to contrast. Like in the first part, he does something he knows he's not supposed to. It ended up working out well, right? Because Chroma got a week's rest, so he ends up being like feeling really rejuvenated, yeah, yeah, because he got a week's rest. Yeah, actually, ended up being kind of helpful. But because Milo didn't own up to this, we'll see with the characters that he meets next, like what what happens when you uh, are irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, Alex, Alex lines in the book are some of the more uh, prophetic ones. And uh, yeah. this this one is simple, but I still like it. Uh, there's so much to see in the forest of sight, but I suppose there's a lot to see everywhere if only you keep your eyes open. Well, it's funny because he's about the same age as Milo, but right because of who he is, you know, he's uh, he sees things as though he were uh, an adult. Right, is the implication. So, so that's that's uh, okay. Let's, uh, on. Yeah, I'm going to have to give uh, the, these two characters coming up really annoying voices. Oh, awesome. So, it's going to be, it's gonna be it's gonna fun be, for the whole be, yeah. family. Uh, <laughs> strap in, kids. 
Luckily, they're not here for very long, but still. Um, Luckily, we can't escape this. Oh, wait. We're all in the car. They walked for a while, all silent in their thoughts, until they reached the car, and Alec drew a fine telescope from his shirt and handed it to Milo. Carry this with you on your journey, he said softly, for there is much worth noticing that often escapes the eye, though it can, uh, through it, you can see everything from the tender moss on a sidewalk crack to the glow of the farthest star. And most important of all, you can see things as they really are, not just as they seem to be. It's my gift for you. Milo placed the telescope carefully in the glove compartment and reached up to shake Alec by the hand. Then he stepped on the starter and with his head full of strange new thoughts, he drove out the far end of the forest. What would you do with that telescope? That's a good question. I'd actually like to ask our guests. What would you do with a telescope that can see things as they really are, not just as they seem to be? Look at it in the mirror. Like, oh. look, at my, like look through the telescope and look at myself in a mirror. That would that, be interesting. That's a fascinating concept. Because what, like, what, what would, what would come up there? Because, like, do you even know who you really are? Whoa, that was deep. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said the same thing I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag deep. Hey, hey, well, this is an English class, so you can have the same answer, and you're not gonna get in trouble for it. So that's okay. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not gonna get in trouble for stealing answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it like a telescope that, like, is it like a normal telescope you can see really far away with it, or is it just a telescope? I th- the, the implication that is that it's <laughs> the implication you what your face really <laughs> yeah. is. The implication is that it's like a, a small spyglass. Okay, that's what I thought. So it's I, just a telescope, so it's like, it would be a little awkward sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I kind of wonder like if you were see my 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 answer is silly. I would I would look ahead. All right. To to see okay. to see. Like how how things are really going to be right. in the future, because you can see things as they really are. So if I look ahead, then I'll I'll know what things are going to ah, be I like. I see. I see. You've been reading the Phantom Tollbooth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that seems as though that seems look, as though something a character in the Phantom Tollbooth would say. If you're in the Marvel universe, you get bit by a radioactive spider. If you're in the Phantom Tollbooth, you take advantage of the weird right. physics. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I feel like that can be explained. A lot of things cough cough video games, but not just a man told you. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, no, you're 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 living you're living within the logic of the uh, uh, you know story. So I and let, let's be I honest. It. Every every existence, whether it's made up or real, has ridiculous logic in it. And I'd rather have this ridiculous logic than what we currently live yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> Touche. All right. Yeah, on that beautiful. Let us continue. The easy rolling countryside now stretched before them in a series of dips and rises that leaped up one side of a, each crest and slid gently down the other in a way that made stomachs laugh and faces frown. As they topped the brow of the highest hill, a deep valley appeared ahead. The road, finally making up its mind, plummeted down as if anxious to renew acquaintance 
with the sparkling blue stream that flowed below. When they reached the floor of the valley, the wind grew stronger as it funneled through the rocks, and directly ahead, a bright-colored speck grew larger and larger. It looks like a wagon, cried Milo excitedly. It is a wagon, a carnival wagon, said Tok, and that's exactly what it was. Parked at the side of the road, painted bright red and looking quite deserted, on its side an enormous white, in enormous white letters, bordered in black, was the inscription Cacophonous A Discord, and below it in slightly smaller black letters, bordered in white, was Doctor of Dissonance. Perhaps if someone is... <laughs> Whoa. Perhaps if someone... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Perhaps if someone's at home, he might tell us how far we have to go, said Milo, parking next to the wagon. He tiptoed timidly up to the three wooden steps. Up the three wooden steps to the door, tapped lightly, and leapt back in fright. For the moment he knocked, there was a terrible crash from inside the wagon that sounded as if a whole set of dishes had been dropped from the ceiling onto a hard stone floor. At the same time, the door flew open, and from the dark interior, a hoarse voice inquired, Have you ever heard a whole set of dishes dropped from the ceiling onto a hard stone floor? Milo, who had tumbled back off the step, sat up quickly, while Tok and the humbug rushed from the car to see what had happened. Well, have you? insisted the voice, which was so raspy that it made you want to clear your own throat. I thought not, the voice said happily. Have you ever heard an ant wearing fur slippers walking across a thick wool carpet? And before... And what? Be what? Then before they could answer, he went on a strange... In his strange croaking way. Well, don't just stand there. In the cold, come in, come in. It's lucky you happened by. None of you looks well. The faint glow of a ceiling lamp dimly illuminated the wagon as they cautiously stepped inside. Talk first, eagerly, eager to defend against all dangers. Milo next, frightened but curious, and the humbug last, ready at any moment to run for his life. That's right, let's have a look at you now, he said. T -t 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 -t. Very bad, very bad, a serious case. The dusty wagon was lined with shelves full of curious boxes, jars, of a kind found in old apothecary shops. It looked as though it hadn't been swept out in years. Bits and pieces of equipment lay strewn all over the floor, and the rear was a heavy and at the rear was a heavy wooden table covered with books, bottles, and bric-a-brac. Rick-a-brack's a great what a, word. What a good yeah. word. I was about yeah. to, just about to comment on that. Rick-a-brack. I'm going to work that into my daily life. Have you ever heard a blindfolded octopus unwrap a cellophane-covered bathtub? 
He inquired again as the air was filled with a loud, crinkling, snapping sound. <laughs> I lost my place. <laughs> okay. Uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting at the table, busily mixing and measuring, was the man who invited them in. He was wearing a long white wool. A long white coat with a stethoscope around his neck and a small round mirror attached to his forehead. And the only really noticeable things about him were his tiny mustache and his enormous ears, each of which was fully as large as his head. Are you a doctor? asked Milo, trying to feel as well as possible. I am Cacophonous A. Discord, Doctor of Dissonance, roared the man, and as he spoke, several small explosions and a grinding crash were heard. What does the A stand for? stammered the nervous bug, too frightened to move. I apologize for this ahead of time. As loud as possible! bellowed the doctor, and two screeches and a bump accompanied his response. Now, now step a little closer and stick out your tongues. That's what you want to hear from a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> this could be an entirely different kind of movie. Right. Just as I suspected, he continued, opening a large, dusty book and thumbing through the pages. You're suffering from a severe lack of noise! He began to jump around the wagon, snatching bottles from the shelves until he had a large assortment of various colors and sizes collected at one end of the table. All were neatly labeled. Loud cries, soft cries, bangs, bongs, smashes, crashes, swishes, swooshes, snaps and crackles, whistles and gongs, squeaks and squawks, and miscellaneous uproar. After pouring a little of each into a large glass beaker, he stirred the mixture thoroughly and uh, with a wooden spoon, watching intently as it smoked and steamed and boiled and bubbled. Just, um, <laughs> yeah. Be ready in just a moment, he explained, rubbing his hands. Milo had never seen such an unpleasant-looking medicine and wasn't at all anxious to try any. Just what kind of doctor are you? He asked suspiciously. Well, you might say I'm a kind of specialist, said the doctor. I specialize in noise, all kinds, from the loudest to the softest, and from the slightly annoying to the terribly unpleasant. For instance, have you ever heard a square-wheeled steamroller ride over a street full of hard-boiled eggs? That sounds awful. That does sound quite <laughs> terrible. He asked, and as he did, all that could be heard were loud crunching noises. <laughs> but who would want all those terrible noises? Asked Milo, holding his ears. Everybody does, said the doctor. They're very popular today. <laughs> Why, I'm kept so busy I can hardly fill orders for noise pills, racket lotion, clamor salve, and hubbub tonic. That's all people seem to want these days. Real quick, I want to start a beer company and call it Hubbub Tonic. Hell yes. 
He stirred the beaker of liquid a few more times, and then, as the steam cleared, continued. Business wasn't always so good. Years ago, everyone wanted pleasant sounds, and, except for a few orders during wars and earthquakes, things were very bad. But then the big cities were built, and there was a great need for honking horns, screeching trains, clanging bells, deafening shouts, piercing shrieks, gurgling drains, and all the rest of the wonderfully unpleasant sounds we use so much today. Without them, people would be very unhappy, so I make sure they get as much as they want. Why, if you take a little of my medicine every day, you'll never hear a beautiful sound again. Here, try some. If it's all the same to you, I'd rather not, said the humbug, backing away to the far corner of the wagon. I don't want to be cured of beautiful sounds, insisted Milo. Besides, growled Tok, who decided that he didn't much like Dr. Discord. There's no such thing as an illness. Well, now I'm doing Okay, that voice is going to stick with me for a while. There's no such thing as an illness, as lack of noise. Of course not, replied the doctor, pouring himself a small glass of liquids. That's what makes it so difficult to cure. I only treat illnesses that don't exist. That way, if I can't cure them, there's no harm done. <laughs> you know, he isn't wrong. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not wrong at all. I actually love the, like, the... Wait, wait, hang on. There's next line. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Just one of the precautions of the trade. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What were you gonna no, say? I just I like I I like the implication because he's like you know business wasn't always so good. You know, um, talking about how. Wow, there it goes. That's that's what you want during a podcast. You to have no thoughts. Right. Hey, why don't you pick up for me? Because my thoughts are gone. <laughs> why don't you right, make a thought? He's he's essentially. The, the embodiment of what we already see throughout the rest of, of the book when rhyme and reason disappear, right? We, we see that people stop appreciating what they see and people stop caring what they hear, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a metaphor. It's not so much a metaphor on like liking ugly sounds as much as being deaf to the world. And uh, losing the appreciation for beautiful sounds. Beautiful right. things, and it's it's a it's it's a discussion of oh we 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 made all of this progress, but what did we lose in the process? Right. And it's it's the the, the interesting thing is that he likens everyday noise in cities to disasters and wars. Right. Which is which is a fascinating parallel. Because it's essentially saying that, like, the only time that we have had despotism like this is in time of war and disaster. But now it's every single day in regular society. Isn't that sad to think about? (laughs) It's horrifying to think about. All right. And on that cheerful note. (laughs) On that wonderfully cheerful note, let us continue. He concluded, and seeing that no one was about to take his medicine, he, be- uh, he again reached towards the shelf, removed a dark amber bottle, dusted it carefully, and placed it on the table in front of him. Very well. If you don't 
if you want to go through life suffering from noise deficiency, <laughs> I'll give it all to the din for lunch. He said as he uncorked the bottle with a hollow-sounding pop. For a moment, everyone was quiet as Milo, Tok, and the Humbug looked intently at the bottle, wondering what Dr. Discord would do next. Then, very faintly, at first, they heard a low rumbling that sounded miles away. It grew louder and louder and louder and closer and closer and closer until it became a deafening, ear-splitting roar that seemed to be coming from inside the tiny bottle. Then, from the bottle, a thick, bluish smog spiraled to the ceiling, spread out gradually, and assumed the shape of a thick, bluish smog with hands, feet, and bright yellow eyes, and a large, frowning mouth. As soon as the smog had gone completely out of the bottle, it grasped the beaker of liquid, tilted back what would have been its head if it really had one, and drank it all in three gulps. Ha <laughs> ha That's good, master! Uh, these voices are gonna kill me. Yeah. Uh, I, made ter- I made a terrible decision. <laughs> he bellowed, shaking the whole wagon. I thought you'd never let me out again! Terribly cramped in there. This is my assistant, the awful Din, said Dr. Discord. You must forgive his appearance, for he really doesn't have any, you see. He's an orphan whom I raised myself with the benefit of... Without benefit of governess or any other assistance, for... No nurse is good enough, interrupted the Din, doubling up with laughter. Oh, I'm sorry. I have no idea what the hell I said. No nurse is good nurse! <laughs> Interrupted the There we go. Doubling up with laughter. If you can imagine a thick bluish smog doubling up with laughter. For I found him, continued the doctor, ignoring this outburst, living alone and unwanted in an abandoned soda bottle, without family or relatives. No niece is good niece, roared the din again, with a laugh that sounded like several sirens going off at once, and he slapped at where his knee should have been. It's a knee slapper. I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be able to talk by the end of this chapter. No, not. And I brought him here, continued the exasperated discord, where, despite his lack of shape or features, I trained... No nose is good nose, thundered the din once again, and he collapsed in another fit of hysterics and clutched his sides. I trained him as my assistant in the business of concocting and dispensing noise, finished the doctor, mopping his brow with a handkerchief. No noise is good noise. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not the din. No noise is good noise, exclaimed the humbug, happily trying to catch the spirit of all, (laughs) trying to catch the spirit of things. That's not funny at all, sobbed the din, who went into the corner and sulked. What is a din? asked Milo when he had recovered from the shock of seeing him appear. 
You mean you've never met the awful Din before? Said Dr. Discord, who, in a surprise, said Dr. Discord in a surprised tone. Why, I thought everyone had. When you're playing in your room and making a great amount of noise, what do they tell you to stop? That's awful din, admitted Milo. When the neighbors are playing their radio too loud late at night, what do you wish they turn down? That awful din, said Tonk. When the street on your block is being repaired, and mnemonic drills are working all day. What does everyone complain of? A dreadful din, volunteered the humbug brightly. <laughs> the dreadful roar, cried the anguished din. Was my grandfather, was my grandfather. He perished in the great silence of seven, epidemic of 1712. <laughs> God, these voices are killing me, man. Why don't I just turn it back? Turn it back. I can't. Oh, okay. I've committed yeah, to yeah, this. Right. Make yeah. sure you, like, switch the voices for some of them, too. Yeah, I'm oh, sure. that happens. Yeah, it does. Every time. It's, usually it takes several episodes, but it's okay. <sighs> There's too many people, man. It's gonna, we're gonna there get back, lot, a, we're gonna get back around and, like, the king of Dictionopolis is gonna have Milo's voice. Yeah. A lot of characters <laughs> in this book. Yes, you made a choice. By, I made a uh, bad choice. All different like pitches. Milo felt so sorry for the unhappy Din that he gave him his handkerchief, which is immediately covered in bluish, smoggy tears. Thank you," groaned the Din. "That's very kind, but I certainly can't understand why you don't like noise," he said. "Why?" Every <laughs> Why well, I heard an explosion last week that was so lovely I cried for two days. I'm dying, dude. This there's still Oh no, this is the last oh we're on the last page. Okay, okay we're well, good. <laughs> the very thought of it upset him so much that he began to sob all over again. It was a way all over again in a way that sounded almost exactly like a handful of fingernails being scratched across the mile-long blackboards. He, yeah, that's a, some imagery there. He buried his head in the doctor's lap. Is a handful of fingernails five nails, or is it an entire handful? Like, that is, I, I, I guess it depends on whether you're Freddy Krueger or Mr. Rogers. It's, <laughs> so you gotta have the line. He's very sensitive, isn't he? Asked Milo, trying to comfort the emotional Din. It's true, agreed Dr. Discord. He's... <laughs> but he's right. <laughs> but he's right, you know. For noise is the most valuable thing in the world. King Azaz says words are, said Milo. Nonsense, the doctor roared. Why, when a baby wants food, how does he ask? He screams! Answered the din. Now the din has become Skeletor. Yes. Looking up Apple. <laughs> and when an automobile wants gas, it chokes! Shouted. He shouted again. 
jumping for joy. And when the river wants water, what does it do? <laughs> oh my god. It creaks! <laughs> Bellowed ah, the din solid. as he collapsed into a fit of uncontrolled laughter. And what happens when the new day begins? It breaks! He gasped joyfully from the floor, a look of utter bliss covering his face. You see it? How simple it is, the doctor said to Milo, who didn't see it all, and then, turning to the tear-stained, smiling Din, he remarked, Isn't it time for you to go? Where to? asked Milo. Perhaps we're going the same way. I think not, the Din replied, picking up an armful of empty sacks from the table. For I'm going on my way to collect noise. Um, Jesus Christ. For I'm going on my way on my noise collecting rounds. You see, I'm, I'm going to die. You see, once a day I travel throughout the kingdom and collect all of the wonderful, horrible, beautifully unpleasant noises that have been made. But I'm dying, man. I'm packed them up in my sacks and bring them back here for the doctor to make his medicines from. <laughs> and a good job he does, said Dr. Discord, pounding his fist on the table. So whatever noise is, that's where you'll find... Wherever noise is, that's where you'll find me. And at a throat doctor, <laughs> said the dean with an appreciative smile. And I must hurry along for... I understand that today there's to be a screech and several loud crashes and a bit of pandemonium. And what direction? Jesus. And what direction are you going? Asked the doctor, mixing another brew. To Digitopolis, replied Milo. How unfortunate, he said as the din shuffled toward the door. How very unfortunate. For then you must pass through the Valley of Sound. Is that... Is that bad? Asked the perpetually worried humbug. The din paused in the doorway, the look of extreme horror on its almost featureless face, and the doctor shuddered in a way that sounded very much like a fast-moving freight train being derailed into a mountain of custards. That's a thought. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you might ask. For you. Well, you might ask, for you will find out soon enough. That sentence makes no sense. Was all he would say as he sadly bade them farewell, and the din galloped off on his rounds. No, I'm I'm good because we we never have to see those characters again, and nobody talks in the next chapter, so I don't even have to do voices. <laughs> We're good. Not even talk. No. <gasps> talk doesn't talk in the next oh. chapter. Yeah. What? I know. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah, more or less. So. 
Well, we're, it's it's not the end. We haven't discussed anything. I yet. know. That's Jeez. why I'm saying. We're in such a hurry to, to, to this generation just doesn't want to work. <laughs> Um, well, and to be fair though, that that was actually one of the. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, that was one of the uh, less uh, imagery heavy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're still alive though. The beginning of it was so good, with the description of all the stories they told. Oh, the chapter before was even better because it actually goes into uh, like, like what each individual yeah, instrument does. I love it. Yeah, that would, that would be, be neat. I would be yeah. to see that actually. You should. Paint to paint the valley of uh, what, what is it? The Chromas yep. Valley, but what was the valley called? I don't know. Forest. Forest. forest of Sight. It's the Forest of Sight, but then there's the, the God, I can't remember what it's called. But it's the it's Chromas Chromas Valley. Yeah. Um, we will when when we finish the episode, we'll go back and we'll look at what the uh, valley is called. But this is it. This is an important segment not because of the imagery because it's another one of those things that's setting Milo up to learn a lesson right right every every the, the whole the whole leg of or each new leg of Milo's journey is designed to teach him a lesson about appreciating types of knowledge and things that can be got from learning and uh, he never he we, we see in the beginning that he doesn't appreciate uh, like the songs of birds or colors of uh, the mountain, and he cannot paint with the colors of the wind, you know, uh, he can't sing with the voices of the mountain is what I meant, there you go, and he, he sets himself up to start with for not taking accountability for his actions, uh, with, with Chroma, because even though it, it turned out that things were okay, he didn't own up to what he did, right? And this, this, the next chapter, we see a, a combination of a leader not owning up to their responsibilities because of a people that would not own up to their responsibilities or would not own up to their actions. So this whole thing is a setup for, uh, one, Milo first learning to appreciate sound because uh, he, he's not going to get any of that in the next chapter. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about um, every chapter uh, that we uh, deal with here. Sorry, I was driving, so I can't talk and drive. Um, you're impossible. First time driving, you know what you're gonna say. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm I'm not a good multitasker. Um, but uh, Juster just does such a really good job of, of setting like. That uh, setting up each chapter and then like having a, a very intentional payoff at the end, um, or not at the end, but even it's usually the next chapter that you get the payoff. Uh, what what's about to happen and uh, goes back to again at the beginning. You get an entire layout of what's going to happen in this book because of every word, everything that Milo doesn't like or doesn't appreciate. He has to. He's basically forced to um, gain an appreciation of it. You, you know what I was... This is just slightly off topic. I was thinking of something that is kind of contrasted. Um, the the Page Master. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen the, the film The Page Master with Macaulay Culkin? Okay, you guys need to look it up. Such You're all, it, it, for anybody in the, in the 
uh, in the clan base, the listening audience, who has not listening seen viewership. the listening viewership, yes, who has not seen the page master or read because it's a book. Um, it is a story. Likes to read, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. What are you all doing here, <laughs> staring at us, you weirdos? Um, it is. It is a. It's an old movie, and it um, has Macaulay Culkin in it, and he essentially ends up getting s- stuck in a library and sucked into a world of fiction um, after really not caring about books, like he doesn't care about stories at all, and he ends up getting sucked into this world where he has to live through like the major moments of big books, like Moby Dick and uh, Treasure Island, like all of these these different like major fictions, and it's really, really well done. It starts out as a movie and then it becomes animated, and it's just it's really, really neat. But it's the same thing, like he, it's set up in the beginning. All of this stuff that he does not like and the stuff that he finds ridiculous. And then he learns to appreciate it and have a little bit more appreciation for his own imagination by the end. Milo has no appreciation for knowledge or education. And he's, that's set up perfectly for all the things that he just does not appreciate. Oh, uh, like being in the moment of life, like appreciating. Right, that as well. color nice sounds, you know, he's always in a hurry, uh, it's a a really good, um, narrative on just the world, stop, smell the roses, it's a saying for a reason, (laughs) alright, so, chapter wasn't incredibly imagery heavy, but it, uh, it does set us up for the, wait, what's the, what's the chapter called, uh, the Silent Valley, so you'll, you'll note that that's a very distinct difference from the previous chapter uh, where uh, the Dean and Dr. Discord call it the Valley of Sound. So if it's the Valley of Sound, why is it called the Silent Valley? Well, again, it's setting us up for this uh, little bit of uh, ideology, or not ideology, but uh, lesson where we see a leader who gets frustrated with people not taking responsibility for their actions and then refuses to take accountability as a leader and basically goes the lazy route for getting things done. Right. Very interesting. Next chapter is very good, actually. One of my favorite chapters in the book. So. Other than all of the chapters yeah, that other came than, before. Yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. like all the chapters that came before it and then that one. Then that one, and then like the, the one that comes following after, after, yeah, is like your next favorite. Yeah, chapter. next yeah. favorite chapter. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Tiny and Atlas, do you have any uh, final comments on uh, what is going on with Doctor Discord? And uh, I, I love that his first name is Cacophonous. Cacophonous. Yeah, like Cacophony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the Doctor of Discord. As loud as possible. <laughs> what does the A stand for? As loud as possible. That is going. If I remember, child, it's going to be the middle name. <laughs> <A, laughs> yeah. It's, it's, this is my. This is my child, Sean Junior. Is Sean A. Smith. <laughs> what does the A stand for? <laughs> as, as loud as, as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. So we asked for your guys' opinion, and then gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. No, but did, did you guys have anything you would uh, you'd like to uh, say? 
You don't have to. What I thought was interesting is did uh was it Alec that said that you're gonna come across the Discord and what's his name? Uh Din. Din oh yeah, there was there was Doctor Discord and then the Din. Uh, real quick, I, before you like if you're, you're looking for that, I have never heard that saying. Oh what Din? Yeah. Never heard that before. <laughs> like, 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 cut that den. Like, never. Well, it's 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 much more of a uh, like a British. Okay. Like, it's a European thing. Yeah, I was like, cause I've, I've never once in my life, other than in this book, heard of that. Like, I've never heard yeah. someone say, it's, you know. It is. It is very. I wish that den would, like that awful den. Never heard of that. My entire life. I really like. Well, I guess no one can see it but us. But I really like. Yes, that I think that's just because it's the annotated version. I don't no, remember. No, is that the this is like this the, well, yeah, the imagery in the book is just so awesome. Like they they do little things like that. Um, well, and Norton Norton Juster individually designed every page of the book. He did. Yeah. yeah. So that is it. It's a very immersive reading experience. Like that's a oh, weird yeah. thing to say, but like he really draws you in, even with the simple. Yeah, that is very similar. I hadn't thought about that. That it is. It, 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 they probably drew some inspiration from because when was that published? Uh, where the sidewalk ends is is, is more recent. Is it? Yeah. I, so they, I would I would I wouldn't be surprised because this was this was published in the, this was published in the sixties. Right. Yeah. Uh, Alex says, "I'm sorry, you can't stay longer." There's so much to see in the forest of sight, but I suppose there's a lot to see everywhere if you just keep your eyes open. And then he says, carry this on your journey, uh, for there is much worth noticing that often escapes the eye. Through it, you can see everything from the tender moss uh, in a sidewalk crack to the glow of the farthest star. And most of all, you can see things as they really are, not just as they seem to be. It's my gift to you. That's the last thing that Alex says. Oh, it was probably what it was. Because oh, he, because yeah, he talks about how there's the signage on the wagon, Carcophonus A Discord, Doctor of Dissonance. How dare you how dare misunderstand? You? Uh, with me, a with me yelling in my multiple confusing voices that don't at all parallel yeah. to things. You are at fault here. I'm very angry. Not so this be on is, the next podcast. This is, this is an interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting note. Uh, Cacophonous A Discord. The author based this shifty character on his childhood doctor, a loud and gruff man with a mustache that made me frightened of men with mustaches for years. That's funny. <laughs> I love the the annotations in this. Like it, it again, another enhancement in the book. Well, uh, this, this is kind of neat. Uh, it looks like a wagon. Cried my lord sighted. This moment calls to mind the excitement felt by Mr. Toad in Kenneth Graham's The Wind and the Willows when that exuberant traveler first shows off his gypsy caravan to the water rat and the mole. Which, if you've never read The Wind and the Willows, it is a, it is a wonderfully whimsical book. Um, I strongly recommend reading it Maybe to your children. To the podcast on it. Yeah, it's entirely possible. 
read it with or to your children before they find Fortnite because it will help a lot. Um, yeah, so that's really all I have. Uh, nope, before we end, uh, we are giving away a copy of an annotated fan club loop. That, that indeed we are. Uh, special guests of the podcast. Uh, do you have any uh, projects or social media you'd like to plug? Nope. There you go. Well, uh, you can follow Atlas on uh, Instagram. Uh, he is uh, at Juno underscore from underscore Jupiter, correct? Correct. Uh, and you can. Uh, do, do you have an Instagram? Okay, go ahead, plug your Instagram. Then. At the tiny FTW. There you go. Uh, and uh, where can people Fuck follow you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> where can where can people follow you? Uh, well, my address is uh, oh, uh, uh, social media. Right, uh, it's uh, and Sean three N's, um, two N's is some Asian guy, uh, and that's just my kind of randomness of things, pictures and stuff. Um, the Asian guy or your Instagram? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Asian guy it actually follows me in person. <laughs> <laughs> and takes pictures of me, so if you want to see that, you can follow oh, him. Okay. Uh, and then Twitter is real thick, Jesus, two Q's. Extra thick. Extra thick. Uh, and TikTok, same. Two Q's. And of course, you guys know you can follow me on all of the things, either at the real thin Jesus, real slim, slim. Jesus. Not yeah, thin. No, not thin. Not thin. <laughs> at, at the real slim Jesus or at real slim Jesus on just about everything except for YouTube. Uh, where I am just real, uh, just slim uses actually. And uh, we want to thank everybody for supporting the podcast. You guys are actually like incredible. We now have, uh, we, uh, we have officially breached over a hundred unique listeners to the podcast. That is awesome. So yeah, this podcast has been going on for about, uh, about four months now. Yeah. And we have we have now breached over a hundred unique listeners for the podcast, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And uh, we do get a bunch of random people, but that that's the same people who come in and listen. We have a hundred unique listeners. Fuck yeah, dude! Thank you guys. Yeah, and he means frick yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. It this, is a, this is a family yeah, podcast. A family podcast. And uh, we we do have an endless epic shirt now. You guys About can go time. over to punktownmedia.com. And pick up the you knew better, but you didn't do better shirts. You knew better, but you didn't do better. Gosh darn right. I almost swore again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that, uh, that being said, thank you guys so much. Oh, oh, and a, th- a big thanks to all of our patrons who um, subscribe to get the podcast early. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you will join us the next time that we turn the page. Until next time, stay bloodthirsty adventurers and remember, 